Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Call to Action podcast. Today is Wednesday, December 2nd. Eric, I am still counting Jarrett Patterson touchdowns in my head. I think he's still running. I think he's still running. He hasn't stopped. He hasn't stopped since Saturday. Wow. What a performance. What a weekend. Um, Kind of speechless. I I don't know. Yeah, no. We were were up in the command center uh, doing our thing alone. We were were solo. Well, you know, we just you and me up there and um, couldn't. Couldn't believe it. We saw, we saw history. We saw one of the most historic running back performances in college football history uh, on Saturday, and it just so happened to be uh, one of our student athletes. So, uh, you know, I think everyone knows the numbers and the eight touchdowns and you know over four hundred yards rushing and the awards and everything and um, just absolutely phenomenal i don't know what else you could say yeah we've been pushing it a little bit uh get get the heisman trophy ready for the man i know you know absolutely um, but uh, i i know we were watching the game and every time i would i would look down and i would look up i would see jared breaking into the second level and, and you know beating a safety on the, on the uh, on the run and i was like oh boy here we go again it was just seems like every time i i look back at the screen he was making a big run I mean, the way he his offensive line uh, paved the way. I mean, let's not not forget Kevin Marks almost have a hundred yards as well on the ground. Yeah, and two touchdowns. The the way the offensive line opened up the hole. I I think uh, I was gonna say I think you could get through there. But, uh, yeah, I think so. But I, I don't know. I'm pretty slippery. <laughs> I'm a slippery runner. That's what they call me. I don't know. It would have been tough. I think you could have at least gotten through there. It just might have been the closing speed that they would have gotten. Yeah. I don't think you would have gone all the way. No. Um, no, but, but, you know, Buffalo now um, one win this weekend away from clinching the Mac East division uh, title. And then yeah. they would be heading to Detroit. Uh, you know, we have Western Michigan uh, stay undefeated now four and oh Western Michigan needs to uh, win this weekend and then also needs a little help from Central Michigan to top ball state um, for for uh, Western Michigan to advance to the title game um, be, because Western and ball state play next week so if you know, ball state. Yeah, Let's not we, get in. We we're not, we're not a tiebreaker podcast, but you know, if, if <laughs> ball state, ball state, and Western play the last game of the year, so clearly, if there's one game behind, then yep, uh, we would game. have to see what would happen head to head. But yep. um, yeah, some things, figuring out some things. But again, um, the uh, that performance. I mean, you just can't say enough. And and we had some other great performances. I, was, I mean, yeah. I yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just about to say, I mean, not even just on the football field, but also the, the basketball court. We had a, had a couple big wins. I know Ohio beat number 22 Notre Dame on the women's side, and Ohio came close to beating Illinois uh, last week too. So, Yeah, we talked about that on our last show. I believe we talked right after those games. But, oh, okay. um, yeah, uh, no, hey, 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 we, we had a lot going on, a lot yeah. going on. Yeah. And it's, it's always good to highlight, um, and, and in fact, you'll – you know, uh, for Ohio women's basketball and Buffalo's win uh, this weekend in performance, both were named national team of the week uh, yep. in their respective sports, uh, which is great. It's always great from uh, the the world we live in to uh, have something really cool to promote. Um, so, you know, over the past week or since we've talked about that, we've had uh, Ohio women's basketball's win, 
uh, all of our football games, including Patterson's performance. I'm sure by now a lot of people have seen the story of Jason Preston from Ohio and kind of how he ended up at Ohio. It's been all over, um, whether it's Andy Katz talking to him or Jeff Goodman, and that's credit to him after scoring 31 against a top 10 team in the country. Uh, so, you know, a lot going on, a lot of action. Yeah, no, and I think that's great. I mean, we – like I think I've said this before too, but we see these these guys and girls all the time. And so we we know their stories, but not everyone gets to know their, their deep stories. So it's great to see, you know, national people, you know, take recognition of, of the things we do because it's great. I mean, it's great stuff. It's great not only on the field but also off the field. And, and that's the cool thing about what we get to do every day. No question. No question. It's, uh, uh, yeah, like we're, we're no strangers to Jarrett Patterson. Uh, yeah, we yeah. have seen him do this. Uh, we know, but yeah, he, he put, put on the map. And like you said, the, the Heisman, uh, you know, they, the, the voters out there, uh, should, should take a hard look at, at what he's been able to do in just four games. He's over, uh, he's at a 920 yards rushing and what was it 16, t- 16, yeah, 16 touchdowns. 16 touchdowns. Um, and so that's just absurd, <laughs> absolutely absurd. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then I think uh, that can dive us into our guests probably for the day, right? Yeah, uh, big show today, big show for everyone. National Team of the Week show, we can call it, right? Yeah, uh, yes, sir. You know, first uh, on the football side of things, like we just talked about, uh, we will have uh, – we'll, we'll call him the man of the hour, right? Yeah. Uh, Jared Patterson on with us along with his left tackle – Coyote Awosika, um, uh, you know, we thought it was important to not only get the man uh, getting all the yards, but the man paving the way for Jared yeah. getting yeah. all the yards. So the that should be a f- trench guy. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you got to get one of the guys in the trenches. And Jared will be the first to tell you, I'm sure, on the, on the interview of uh, how much his offensive line means to him. So we'll have uh, those two on with us. And then, Eric, why don't you tell the people who yeah. else will have and, Yeah, and then we'll have uh, – women's basketball head coach Bob Bolden uh, on with us today just talking about you know his career his path to Ohio and then a little bit about the uh, the big win this weekend so excited yeah. for the, uh, today's show and our guests yeah enjoy today's interviews all right everybody welcome back to the call to action podcast we have a very special guest on with us today head coach of the Ohio Bobcats, Coach Bob Bolden. Coach, good morning, and how, how are you today? Uh, good morning. I'm doing well. It's a beautiful day in Athens. <laughs> did, you, did you guys get some snow down there? We did. We did. The first snow is always the best one. It'll yeah, we are, by, we are uh, pretty tomorrow. covered up here. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say exactly the first snow. We uh, here, I'm I'm in Lake uh, Lake County, and we get all the lake effect, and we put a ruler out last night, 19 inches. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so it was, uh, our kids were uh, very excited, but it, yeah, it just kept, it was one of those snows, kept coming down all day, it was all day, but now the sun's out and half of it's melted, so. Yeah, it takes us two winters to get 19 inches. <laughs> yeah, seriously, I know, it always seems to be like uh, 10 degrees warmer down in Athens than it yes. is uh, in, in Cleveland, I'm always jealous when I come visit, so. Yeah, I agree for some reason, but I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, well, let's uh, we'll get into get into things, I guess, right now. But um, coach, you, you guys obviously had a, a great start to the year, two and zero to start beating Liberty, and then obviously the huge win uh, over Notre Dame this weekend. Um, and you were named uh, national team of the week 
uh, yesterday. How, how does that um, tell you where your program's at and, and what does that recognition mean to you guys? Well, I, I think, uh, you know, all of our, all of our sports here at Ohio and in the Mac are, are fighting and, and competing and trying to do their absolute best. And, and when it all comes together and, and you're able to put together a big win, it's, it's nice to be recognized for it. And, and I think that's, that's kind of a combination of a lot of hard work um, from these players, current players, from previous players. Um, we've been fortunate to play a number of uh, power five schools over the past couple of years. And um, some of our previous teams have beaten those schools as well. And I, I think that just kind of gives this, this class uh, the confidence that it can be done and, and to go in and, and try. Um, certainly, I don't know that we expect to win, but we know that we can if we play well. And, and I think that goes a long way. Yeah, and Coach, this, this just kind of speaks to what we talk about, uh, what we talked about on the media call or just kind of some of the, the articles going around. I mean, this, you know, you beat a ranked team. And that's great stuff, but this shouldn't come as a surprise to a ton of people that really know uh, women's college basketball and the fact that, you know, you, you come into a, a Mac building uh, you and you're ranked, like you, you should be worried and, and be prepared. Yeah, we have, we have a lot of really, and, and we've had other schools in our conference that have knocked off some ranked teams. And, you know, even if they didn't beat them, I'm just thinking of a couple of games that I've watched over the past couple of years where we've had teams in our conference play really well and maybe lose by six. Well, anybody knows that game could have went the other way uh, very, very easily. So, um, you know, the level of, the level of coaching and the level of basketball since I've been here uh, in our conference has been phenomenal. And um, yeah, I think, I think we have a number of schools that could, could knock off just about anybody if given the opportunity. And Coach, just talk a little bit about how difficult, you know, especially this year has been to, you know, get those big games and schedule those big games in, in the midst of a, of a pandemic. Yeah, I mean, scheduling has been very difficult. And, you know, we still, um, as of today, have two more games to schedule. So it's been difficult to try to find those games. And, you know, you get dropped for, for a very good reason. Let me understand that, that um, there's a global pandemic going on. And, um, you know, you're going to, teams are going to get affected with it and, and they can't play. Um, it is so frustrating when you think you have a game and then you don't, um, you know, cause that's what kids want to do is they want to play. And, um, so it is going to be a challenge. It's a challenge today and it's, it's going to continue to be a challenge through, uh, the rest of December. And, you know, I think probably January, February, that challenge moves more to the MAC conference because there'll be conference games they'll be rescheduling and they'll have a little bit more control. But that's not going to be easy. You know, there's going to be there's going to be a number of games canceled, um, and they're going to have to figure out which one of those games. Um, you know, if we miss three or four games, they're going to have to decide which which of those three or four games we're going to make up and when and how and where. And um, you know, I think. You just got to have your team ready to play. And if, if you got to play on one day notice, then you go play on one day notice because they'd rather play than not play. Yeah. And, and too, it's as a coach, how with dealing with that uncertainty and you, you come off a, a big win um, and, you know, maybe you're getting for looking forward to use that momentum to that next game and it gets canceled. How How is a coach or have you, I mean, I'm sure you've thought about it. Um, that stop and start, uh, possibility, the uncertainty, how, how do you just keep 
that momentum going because in a normal season uh, a win over a Notre Dame you guys would be ready to get out there and show what you got that very next game and I think you speak to a little bit about conference play and how how are you really taking this non-conference portion of your schedule as a coach is it just get as much experience as we can going to conference play or you know just talk a little bit about that yeah, I mean, we're we're surprisingly we're trying to play as many games as possible. Now, I, we have two to fill still, so it doesn't seem like we're doing a very good job of doing that. But um, you know, we would we would play just about anywhere. I think I, I don't think we have any interest in flying right now. So I mean, anybody that we can bust to, we would play. And um, you know, I think we're just being patient, and uh, you know, it really this pandemic really teaches you to control what you can control and, and you learn that there's some things that you just can't control. So you need to just let that go and, and stick to what you can control. Well, I hope, I hope some coaches or some uh, administration listens to our podcast, right, Eric? So we, yeah. we got to get coach Bolden some games. Yes. Two of them, please. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anywhere in the Midwest, we'll play you. <laughs> no, but I mean, coach, we talked a little bit about it on the media call. Do you like, I mean, with last year getting canceled and all this, you know, hype up to the beginning of the season, do you feel like your kids have unfinished business, you know, coming coming in and playing these non-conference games? Uh, yeah, I mean, leaving Cleveland was hard. You know, we had we had a pretty good we had a pretty good non-conference schedule and season last year. I think our conference play was underwhelming. Um, I don't think we quite played up to our potential, but you know, then to get to the MAC tournament and get yourself into the final four and you start to get that excitement of, of, you know, if you can see the end of the road, right. You got two games left. If you can win them, you go on the national tournament. Um, and that was kind of a, that was a chance for us to redeem ourselves for a really, a, as I mentioned earlier, kind of an underwhelming conference season. And, uh, and then that was taken away from us. I think that really, that was really hard to swallow. And it took, it, it took a lot of time and it was hard it was hard to kind of cope with that because of the, the uncertainty of the pandemic at that point. And, you know, we had kids quarantining in different States and our dorms were closed and um, you know, we didn't really have an end of the year meeting in person like you would have, you know, we, we shifted our focus to just survival and um, you know, does anybody on your team team have COVID, you know, you don't, you don't get to kind of wrap up the season like you typically would. And I think that's been, that's been kind of tricky. And um, I think it's helped us in particular really value the opportunity to play whatever games that we get to play this year. Yeah. And then, I mean, talk a little bit about, you know, your team, like uh, the individuals on your team. I mean, you've had, you know, some pretty strong leadership the past few years. I know Erica's still, still growing and still young, but, you know, talk about Cece. She's had just a, an amazing week to start off the season. I mean, talk about her leadership throughout this whole thing and, and you know, yeah, just a little bit more about her. Yeah, I mean, we, with both Erica and Cece, we just talked about um, what we can do during the past six months is that we can get in the gym and try to get better and, you know, talk to them about what, what they wanted to add to their game and, and then just work on it. And, you know, we didn't need – we didn't need to play games to work on that. We didn't need to practice to work on that. We just needed a basketball and a hoop. Um, you know, and I, I do think, I think CC's shooting the ball the best she's ever shot it. Um, you know, and I think those two, through two games have scored over a hundred points combined. Um, 
So, I mean, that's, that's obviously exciting from a coaching standpoint, but I'm, I'm happy for them too, because they, they put in the work and, and I feel like they're in a good spot. Sure. Well, well, coach, a little bit about you and uh, maybe not a lot of people do know, but you, you were a, a great player at, at Walsh, you final four appearance and uh, back in the day, how has being a student athlete and play a little bit, how has that shaped you as a coach? Um, and I guess a follow-up, I'll just ask it now, is how, how had you always known uh, or at what point in time did you know that you wanted to coach? Um, I always wanted to be a school teacher. I, I didn't have – I had a little bit of interest in coaching, but I, my passion was in teaching. And, um, you know, early I was a GA, and then I got my first college job. Um, and then I realized that I could coach, and I didn't have to even teach to coach. And, and so that, that's kind of where that passion – kind of – when I got done playing, I was done playing. I was done with basketball. I was happy to teach and just move, move on to a different part of my life. Um, but it seemed to keep – Keem seem to keep coming back and um, it's something that I'm certainly grateful for now. Um, you know, I can't, I can't think of a better way to make a living than, than to be able to be around not only the game of basketball, but be around the youth and being around college players and uh, you know, spending the day listening to them. They, they, they're such, they're such wonderful thinkers and they have, they have glorious ideas and it's just fun to listen to them and, and they keep you young and they keep you thinking and they, you know, it keeps you from getting set in your ways. And um, I'm just, I'm really grateful that it's worked out the way it is. I'd never dreamt that it would work out this way, but um, uh, I'm certainly lucky in that regard. Well, I mean, you got to travel a lot as, as an assistant, you know, through your first few years of coaching, right? I mean, you've been a bunch of different stops. Do you have a, do you have a favorite spot that you remember? Um. Or maybe one that shaped you the most? You know, I, I think they were all kind of, they were all kind of what I needed at the time. Um, I did enjoy living in the South um, because it did not snow. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember my first Christmas in um, Texas, we, uh, we built a, a snowman out of sand on the beach and, and with my, with our, my, was my oldest son now. So that was fun. Um, uh, but I, I think just being in different areas and, and being able to learn from different people and see how things are done at different universities um, and seeing what works and what doesn't and, and working with different people has been, has been very valuable. And I think sometimes even when you're doing it, you don't realize how valuable it is. Um, but looking back on it, I can say the whole, the whole process, um, which at times was stressful and, you know, it's hard to be poor. Um, but it, it, uh, it shapes your character and, and it really helps you be who you are today. Yeah. Coach, I, I do want to jump back, um, about you as a player. Tell us what, what was your most memorable? I mean, I know you were a final four appearance, but what's one game that stood out to you as a player, something that you always remember, uh, back in the day? Well, it was, story. it was definitely back in the day because <laughs> a day, a day is getting further and further away. Um, I think just the way the, at the time, the way the NAI national tournament worked, because you would show up in, in Idaho and there were games all day. Like the first game, I think we've played our first game at like 9 a.m. Um, and then there's just games all day and your hotel's right there. You can go over and you can watch games. You can go back to the hotel. Um, 
you know, then you, you know, you, then you play tomorrow and then, and then you play the next day and then you play the next day. And, um, you know, it's kind of ironic because now when we ask kids to play two days in a row, we have to give them five days off or something ridiculous like that. But like that tournament was set up that you played, you know, you played at 9 a.m. on Monday and you played at 10 or 11 on Tuesday and, you know, you played on Wednesday, then you had Thursday off, you played Friday, the championship game was Saturday and you just had, you had so much talent, um, you know, because of the, the flexibility of their eligibility rules, you'd had, you had just like gobs of talent in that tournament. And then, so it was just kind of cool to be a part of it and compete at that level. And, um, you know, you go, you show up on Monday and if, if you win enough games, you know, by Saturday, you'll be a champion. Obviously we fell out game short, but um, pretty exciting thing to be a part of. What was your, uh, do you remember your career high? Any of your career highs? I don't. He's the, the all-time assist leader at Walsh still, I think. Oh, That's okay. amazing. I, <laughs> that was a long time. Somebody should have broken that by now. <laughs> not a lot of passing. Not yeah, a lot of passing that, going on at Walsh. <laughs> yeah, I guess I, not. I think that speaks more to you than it does to everybody else. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that, Eric. But um, yeah, that was uh, that was a wonderful opportunity. Obviously, Malone was a rival, and and playing those guys was always, um, you know, the arena was always full, and um, you know, it was it was just it was a lot of fun, and I'm I'm really thankful to have that opportunity, and um, you know, I just try to get my kids, my players now, to just enjoy and cherish those moments of playing because it's done and before you know it, it's done and over and you're looking back 20 years saying, gosh, I used to do this or that. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very thankful for that opportunity. Well, I mean, I mean, speaking of competition, if you had to, if you had to play one of your coaching adversaries one-on-one, who would, who do you think would give you the most trouble? Oh goodness. That's a great question. (laughs) That's, that's a great question. You know, Melissa and I were on staff together at Akron, yeah, so I know yeah. she can shoot. And I was able to pass the ball and score the ball, but I got to tell you, defense wasn't my specialty. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think I feel like Felicia would be – Heather would be good. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Robin's Eric good. Erica challenged Heather to a game of one-on-one, and I don't think uh, that was last before last year's. Yeah, that was last year. I don't think it will go very well. <laughs> is, is that right? Yeah, I <laughs> think maybe Shane because he's like as old as me. So maybe <laughs> maybe the two of us could just <laughs> the you two mean, old guys could just guys run around get, out there. You mean you guys don't get out there as a coaching staff and run fives at least once a year? Well, all right, we do play – before pre-COVID, we do play here at Ohio against our men's staff. Oh, that's um, great. Oh, so wow. we okay. still do that. Um, every time I think it's going to be my last time, and I say, thank God I didn't get hurt. I should stop playing. And they <laughs> coerce me into playing one more time. So maybe COVID put an end to it. They finally put an end to it, I guess. I'm uh, sure Bull, uh, Coach Bowles is a pretty, a pretty good out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bull, his staff, his staff. There's the problem is his staff is all much younger than me. <laughs> that's, that doesn't seem fair. No. Well, uh, yeah, I think I think we need to start this uh, coaches tournament. We need like a one-on-one. Uh, maybe maybe we'll just break it down to horse. Maybe we could. Yeah. And I think we can yeah. get everyone to agree to that. Maybe. Yes, we could. Maybe, I would, I would play horse. I don't okay. think I could get hurt playing horse. <laughs> there, there we go. <laughs> there we go. Uh, coach, I, I know. Um, we talked a little bit with Eric. Are you a big NBA fan? 
Yes. Yeah. What are throughout the years, who are some of the guys that you have always kind of watched, looked up to, uh, you know, been some of your favorites and, and why? Well, I've been a Cavs fan since I grew up. So um, I'm actually only a LeBron fan when he is in Cleveland. Um, okay. I'm not a Heat fan. I'm not a Laker fan. Um, everybody knows Jordan's better anyway. <laughs> um, so when he's in Cleveland, I, I, I argued and fought with people that LeBron was better than Jordan. And then when he left, I had to change my mind. Um, <laughs> so I think – I think I just enjoyed the Cavs. I was a Cavs fan. So all the way back from Mark Price to, I mean, just through the years, they drafted Terrell Brandon. I thought, I yeah. thought he was going to be really good. Um, I remember, um, you know, uh, watching Brad Doherty and John Williams and those teams and taking on Jordan's Bulls and, and the Knicks teams with Pat Ewing and things of like that. So I, I think just through the years, um, Unfortunately, there's a big gap between those calves and then LeBron's calves. Yeah, yeah. There was they were devoid of talent there for a while, but um, yeah, I, I enjoy watching them. And I think outside of that, I I love watching Damian Lillard. I think he's uh, I think he's amazing the way he affects the game at both ends of the floor and gets to the rim and he's just fearless. So um, I enjoy the playoffs. I love the NBA playoffs. Yeah, they're great. Who, who, yeah. well, you're talking to two big Cavs fans, uh, also on the podcast. So, um, Eric, probably a bigger NBA fan than me, but I, I mean, I love it. So, um, who, who's like, you named all the kind of the names that everyone knows. Who's one, I, I'll just use the word obscure because I don't know how else to say, it, but obscure Cavs player or random Cavs player that you just love watching play. Well, I was excited for Christian Ienga. I thought he was going to be really good. He was not. <laughs> um, that was the uh, that was like the Samardo Samuels days. Correct. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh. Yes. Dark, I was excited when we drafted him. I said, "Okay, we got this really super athletic guy." I remember when Gerald Williams came to, or Gerald Wilkins came to us, um, and he was a self-proclaimed Jordan stopper, and then Jordan had like sixty-five on him every time. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, I think I've, I've probably those two, go ahead. Who's that that guy for you, Jeremy? Well, my guy's recent, but you know, he was, he was here and then left and then he came back. I think, you know, I mean, I, I love Delhi. I love Delhi. I love everything about Matthew Della Vadova. Uh, (laughs) I don't know when he, when he tried to, you know, get us through the finals and he was like passing out on the court. Uh, trying to guard Steph and you know everyone was hurt uh, I just love the way that guy plays and I just I know he's a little more recent I could I could think back to the days uh, I mean I love uh, Bobby Phils uh, yeah uh, yeah of the, course. that was that was a guy back with that I really liked watching him but it most yeah I mean Delhi's Delhi's Delhi I love that guy what about you who's your guy oh man well I don't know it's different I've always been a big uh, Baron Davis fan so when he, when he when he came to the Cavs, I was so 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 excited, and that got uh, us Kyrie. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. That's uh, that that was my next leader. Yeah, it did it did yeah. eventually get us Kyrie, which is which is awesome. But when Baron Baron Davis came to the Cavs, I was very excited. That was like, yeah. That my, was my my other guy. I worked for a golf course growing up, and I was on the bag at a golf course for Bobby Sura. 
one time. So I was around with Bob Sir at the golf course. Uh, so he, he would be, be in that mix as well. But uh, no, it's always fun to talk a little calves. Yes, I agree. Well, Coach, we really appreciate you coming on, talking a little calves, talking a little bit about your Bobcats with us. Uh, I know you got a, a few games scheduled, um, so uh, we'll let you get back to it, and uh, good luck the rest of the season, and hopefully we'll see you in Cleveland. That sounds great. Thanks so much, yeah. guys. Best of luck, Coach. Take care. Alrighty. Take care. All right, everybody. Uh, welcome back to the Call to Action podcast. Uh, you know, we we would be doing ourselves, Eric, a disservice uh, this week on our show if we didn't feature uh, the Buffalo Bulls and uh, what all they accomplished this past weekend. Uh, so with us, the, the man of the hour here, uh, it's, that's been on all the interviews, everything you hear about, uh, Mr. Jarrett Patterson is with us, but maybe a guy who should be doing more interviews is also with us, with uh, Coyote Awoshika. Uh, you know, carving up those holes and and uh, making the way for Jarrett. Uh, guys and Jarrett, um, you know, we'll, we'll just start with you. What a weekend, uh, 409 yards, eight touchdowns, been all over the place. Um, you know, looking back, has it sunk in what, what you really did uh, this weekend yet? Uh, no, not really. You know, it probably will, will never sink in until, you know, uh, we get a little break, a little off season. You know, uh, but man, I gotta give credit to you know the, to the guys up front and definitely this guy on the screen. You know, they, they made they made my job pretty easy. You know, on on a couple of those touchdowns. You know, the whole the holes were were very gigantic. So, well, you know, a funny, real funny story until Eric and then Eric, you can jump in here. Yeah, but yeah, no. last week after after the game, you know, you rushed over three hundred <laughs> yards, and I I spoke to your your tremendous sports information director, John Fuller. And uh, I was like, Hey, we, we want to get Jared on. And uh, he's like, yeah, you know, he's, he's got a bunch of interviews this week. You know, can we push off? And my email back was, all right, he goes for 300 again, though. I'm, I'm coming back to you and you're going to get him on. He said, deal. We didn't make a deal if you went over 400, but I'm glad that we were able to, to get this going. So I just wanted to share that. I'm glad uh, once again, that, you know, that, we were able to, to get you on here. All right, Eric, you can, I, no, I, just I mean, no, nah, I mean, my first question is kind of for both of you. I mean, you've gotten a lot of national recognition this week. I mean, what does it mean to kind of each of you just to see that success pile up, uh, especially this week? And Jerry, we can start with you and then Coyote, we can go to you. Uh, it means a lot, you know, uh, you know, it means that this program's going in the right direction. You know, you know, when when I first got here, you know, Coach Lapo and his staff, you know, they wanted to win a, a winning program. And, you know, uh, I, I think we're doing that. I think we're making a lot of a lot of noise that we're definitely one of the top teams in the country and in the uh, group of five. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with Jared, like, especially because I was here when we were in the two and 10 season and just seeing how much we've transformed, you know, getting indoor, how much the program has gained national recognition and what we're doing things, running the ball and in past years throwing the ball, like just everything with this program, people are starting to recognize what we're doing. And it, it means a lot to a lot of the players and everyone on our team and coaches as well. Yeah, Coyote, speak speak. just, I mean, not only the stuff with Jared this weekend, but you guys were named National Team of the Week, uh, not only from a Buffalo perspective, from, you know, this is a Mac podcast, from a Mac perspective to 
to uh, not only make a name for yourself, but to carry the flag, so to speak, for the conference. I mean, on a national stage, what, what does that also mean to you? I mean, it means, it means a lot. It feels good, but like, like all recognition, you know, it's something that you celebrate for a little bit and then you turn the page immediately, you know, we're, we're on to our next goal already. And so we're not hanging on all the accomplishments that we just did in the last game. We're already getting ready to go and go beat Ohio coming this Saturday. So it means a lot, but we're, we're focused and ready to go get to our next goal. And, and Kyle, for, for you, you mentioned, you know, you know, you were on that two and 10 team. What's been the biggest jump you guys have seen from that year to this year? It's 100% leadership. It's leadership throughout the seniors, leadership throughout the the players as a whole from a freshman telling a senior like, hey, that's not how we do things. It's complete buy-in in everyone and just trusting the coaching staff that we're all on the same page and all going to accomplish the same goal. That's the biggest difference I've seen from that first team that didn't have the straight leadership and comfortability and closeness with each other that the teams that I've had in the last recent years and especially this one has now. You know, we really are all bought in on the same goal to go win a MAC championship, and we're all fighting every day today. Full pads going, just trying to get there, work on technique, work on everything. Even though we just set some record-breaking things, Jared just did record-breaking things. It doesn't matter because we turned the page. Like I said, we're on to our next goal. Yeah, and that's a huge credit to you guys as being, uh, you know, two of the team captains. Uh, you know, bringing that leadership. Uh, you know, Jared, I did want to go back. Uh, you've been getting a bunch of awards. Uh, you know, Walter Camp. Uh, Maxwell, don't forget about that Mac Player of the Week award, of course, uh, first and foremost. But, you know, outside of all that, you were able to do this uh, wearing the number 41, Solomon Jackson's number. To be able to do this and all the highlights and everything you see wearing that number 41, what does that mean to you? Uh, it's a, it's a, it means the world. It means a lot to me. You know, uh, you know every person that wear, wears that number, you know, is honor, honoring something bigger than herself. You know, and one coach came to me and asked me to wear their number. You know, I, and I was kind of nervous at first because, you know, that's a big deal in, in, in our program, you know. And then, you know, I, would, I told him, yeah, I, I want to wear it, you know. And, and my mindset just coming, you know, all throughout the week, you know, I just wanted to, you know, honor that number, you know, and make his family proud. Well, I'd say you definitely did that. <laughs> um, you know, Coyote um, – you know, we, we talk about the line. What do you guys talk about? And, and you know, you you guys do, do deserve a bunch of the credit. I mean, without those holes, Jared doesn't get through there. Sometimes, I mean, we've seen some of your highlights. Sometimes if there's not a hole, you still make it happen. But, you know, on a lot of those runs this past Saturday, I mean, he was just getting through there. Uh, when you guys are getting together after one of those big plays or talk on the sideline or anything, you know, what's that conversation like? And is, I know you're focusing on, Hey, we have the rest of the game to go here, but take us in the, in kind of that huddle of offensive linemen about what you say about, you know, this, this other man sitting right here. Uh, I mean, Jarrett is an unbelievable back along with Kevin Marks, just like you're saying, even, even if we mess up or we miss an assignment, he still can make one, two, we've seen him make three, four guys miss and still go and score. So he makes it extremely easy, but um, our, our goal is to go 150% as an offensive line. We paved the way for the rest of the team, the rest of the team and the rest of the offense to just go out there and dominate and set the tone of game. So um, on the sideline, when we're talking to each other, when a big play happens and our coach, Coach Fuchs does a great job of, you know, instilling this in us, it's always move on to the next play. So you, you pancake somebody, you do a great block and Jared goes for 60 yards. It's move on, get to the sideline, get to the bench. Let's talk about what we saw in the previous plays and let's get ready for the next drive because we need to go out there and do it again. 
So, and it, with Mike Novinsky, who watches just as much film as me, Jack Clank, same thing, Jake Fusak, uh, Jacob Gall, Ray Thomas, like they're all, every single one of them is bought into making the offensive line the most dominant that it has been. And that's why I think it's one of the best offensive lines we've had. Yeah, and Coyote, before this, Jeremy sent me an, an article and I was, I was reading a little bit about you and you talked a lot about how you were playing like a lot of soccer growing up and stuff and how that mm. affected your footwork and things like that. Just talk about, you know, how much soccer has affected your life and, and how it makes you a good, great football player. Well, soccer, then you're talking about my dad. My dad played soccer over in Nigeria. Oh, yeah. And so he came, he came to America and, you know, gave a better life for me and my family. And uh, he, it was the first thing, first sport that he knew that he just taught me. And so soccer was the first thing he played outside. I played with my dad and my brothers. And then that transitioned to me watching Space Jam for the first time, which was basketball, which uh, people said basketball helps with my feet and stuff and the football run game and pass pro and stuff like that. And then it just transitioned to my size and how I grew to loving the game of football starting in third grade to just, you know, taking the skills that I've learned in those and just, you know, applying it. That's great. Do, do you watch it all still at all or no? Soccer, not as much, honestly. Yeah. I'm more ever since I've been tuned into football, all I, I, I live and breathe football now. I watch everything, just watching offensive linemen and NFL, other college teams, other Mac teams, you know, stuff like that. Just seeing if there's anything I can get better at or copy or mirror or do better. So yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, we, we've had Jared on here before and we've asked him the question of, you know, what guys he looks up to or watches. Who are some of those linemen that you love watching? I like watching Nate Davis. Um, he's a right guard. Um, he's really good because he played at Charlotte and he was playing some center and some tackle and he kind of mirrors in size and stuff like that. And then, you know, I kind of mirror guys that kind of are like my size and stuff like that. But I also look at like Tyrone Smith just because he's a technique and just amazing feet. And it's something that I want to mirror. And especially when I was transitioning the left side, I wanted to watch someone who's a dominant left tackle. Um, and then, you know, there's there's been countless countless names of people that i've just over the years have just been seeing with the cowboys offensive line as a whole just because they have so many guys and stuff like that just things that you can pick up some technique things that you see are just amazing because they're at that level and just try and see if you can do it you can throw it into your game see how it works and stuff like that and then coach Flix does a great job of you know teaching us new technique and getting us and what works for you and bringing in some outside resources sending clips of NFL guys all the time in our group me message that we have just to get new stuff to us so that's, sure. that's that's really is. Well, it's two big Browns fans with Eric and I. I mean, we we got. I mean, he was really the only good player we had. Let's be honest. So, Joe Thomas <laughs> for all those years. I mean, you know, right. So being able to watch Joe Thomas all those years. Uh, I mean, it's it's spectacular and being able to to watch those guys. So, yeah, you know, I just think that's why we wanted to bring you on. I think it's important to uh, show that uh, a lot of hard work goes into this. And I know right after the game, you know, CBS talks to Jared and immediately and we all knew we were watching the command center. And we I think they even said it on the on air. Like we, everyone knew that Jared's thing was going to go to the O line and justifiably so. And you guys have been doing a great job, um, not only for him but for Kevin, for Kyle. We had him on here before, so to to protect him is a is a huge credit to you. And uh, and uh, you know that's why we we that same article Eric referenced. I hadn't known that your you know your name is translates to bringer of joy, and I'm sure that you're uh, a lot of joy in protecting all of those people for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like like I said, we take a lot of pride in it, and me personally, I do as well. So, yeah, Jerry, you've you've gotten a lot of, um, I mean, you've got to be getting hit up by everyone. Uh, you're doing interviews all over. You're getting Instagram comments. You're getting Twitter comments. Uh, who are some of the biggest shout outs that you've received that you are just like, wow? 
Um, I think hands down, uh, LeBron James. You know, I think that <laughs> you know when, when you know uh, my teammates, you know, after the game, you know, uh, were texting me. I didn't believe it at first, you know, but then they started sending screenshots of his post. Hands down, LeBron James. You know that that's 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 one of the greatest athletes of my generation. You know, and I think that 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 was the biggest one. You know, but I had several people, you know, reach out to me. Howard Griffin, you know, he he reached out to me, just uh, congratulating me. Welcome to the eight the eight. Uh, eight touchdown club, and I thought that was pretty cool as well. So, yeah, I know Jeremy and I were we do the whole thing in the in the command center every week where we watch all the games and things like that. And so when I was on my way home, I'm just scrolling through Instagram and stuff. And uh, when I saw LeBron, I sent it to Jeremy immediately, and he had to tweet it out. So yeah, it, it was great. Great seeing you guys on there. And and, and uh, two, we we have to talk about uh, our guy uh, Ross Tucker at the end of the game. Yeah. I know I know a lot's been brought up about hey, who knew the record or anything, but I mean, watching that back and being able to see his reaction um, yeah. about the end of that game, I mean, I, you see you laughing now. Just just talk about that, and you know what what uh, thoughts you have about that. Yeah, um, and it was priceless. You know, very very funny. You know, even Coyote told me he was like, "Have have you seen?" in the game of, of the commentary and I went back and watch it and I'm like and just hearing Ross Tucker you know no what are you doing like it, it, it was it was just uh it brought it brought a smile to my face yeah it was really funny to hear that he he actually called me that night about uh just doing the game and how much he loved it, this the follow-up I have is I've seen some of your posts went through Twitter you know the the fact and we've talked for a number of years, even about Khalil, you know, two star and you were two star and just playing in the Mac. And this is a question to both of you, but for first Jared, just like having their performances and getting this na national exposure, uh, talk a little bit about what it means that, uh, or what it doesn't mean, like that the stars don't matter that in the Mac, you probably playing with a little bit of a chip on your shoulder. Uh, and, and that maybe that fuels you to, uh, you know, have some of these games and, and put on for not only UB, but for the Mac. Yeah. You know, just, it shows that, you know, stars doesn't really, really matter. You know, that the Mac conference has, has a lot of, a lot of talent, you know, and, and I think, you know, we're, we're showing that we've been showing that over, over the past couple of years, you know, why, why I've been in the Mac conference and we're going to continue to show that. Yeah. hundred percent agree again. Like we always play with a chip on our shoulder in general as, as being a part of the Bulls family, but, um, in the MAC in general, you can tell that, you know, across the country, sometimes you get slept on a little bit just because we're in a lower conference. But week to week, day by day, we just take that as motivation and fool to go out there to just be better and to go out there and just prove them wrong every day. Basically, every game, every opportunity, we get a chance as we're begging for this season to just happen in general. So, you know, we just take it with a chip on our shoulder, just mentality, just go out there and dominate every time. Yeah, and I, I want to kind of get to know you uh, both a little off the field. We've talked so much, you know, on the field stuff today. And um, I kind of want you guys to tell us, tell us about each other off the field. So Coyote, what's Jared like off the field? And then Jared, what's Coyote like off the field? And Coyote, we'll start with you. Just a little <laughs> bit, a little, tell us a little bit more about Jared. Off <laughs> That's, the field. Interesting. That's interesting. Well, Jared, Jared is hilarious. Um, he, he's, he's literally a brother, a brother from a different family. You know, we're really close. Um, always, you know, we are off the field, but we do take some, you know, film, different looks, talk about that all the time. Um, just just hanging out and being brothers because, you know, Buffalo, there's plenty of stuff to do. But, you know, with COVID, it's really been just with your brothers, you know, staying safe and stuff like that and just enjoying the company with each other. And Jared, Jared is a great guy to be around. 
is, you know, always cracking jokes, always doing things that are fun, always trying to just basically hang out and have a good time. But also when it comes to being on the field, it's straight serious. It's you can tell before practice, you know, hey, it's time to get that money. It's time to lock in. You know, he changes his vibe and uh, gets to work. So Jared, Jared's, it's a blessing to have a back like Jared. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, you know, it's good to be around, you know, Coyote. We're always around each other, always in the treatment room, you know, watching film. You know, we always crack jokes, you know, with, with each other, you know, and just I feel like the whole team does that, you know, and, and when the, uh, even on like uh, when it's game days, when the officer line gets they snack, they little snack from, from Coach Folks, I go over there, ask Jody for a piece of, piece of snack and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I feel like we got that that relationship, you know, even all, all the running backs go to go to Coyote, you know, to ask him, you know, uh, about certain run plays, how he's going to block this way. Stuff like that, but it's definitely have a have a uh, it's a blessing to have a guy like that, you know, on the field and off the field, you know, very mature. I can go, I can go, I know I can go, I know I can go to Coyote, not even about football, but just about life, and he's going to steer me the right way, you know, and give me a good good advice. That's great. What, what would it mean? And Jared, we'll start with you. You guys both were in Detroit uh, a couple of years ago, uh, playing in the MAC championship game. Uh, what what would it mean to you, uh, you know, to get back there to Ford Field and and compete once again for a MAC title? Uh, it would mean the world, you know. It, it would mean everything, you know. Just how uh, how the season started off, you know, being canceled, getting it back, you know, uh, you know, working hard, adjusting to everything the coaches asked of us. It would mean a lot, you know, because you know both of us was on that team in 2018. You know, quite fell short. And, you know, I'm just getting butterflies even thinking about being back there. So that's how important it is and how, how you know, how we really want to get there. But it will mean it will mean the world to us. Yeah, there's, there's, it would mean 100% everything. That has been our goal since we lost that game by one point. And just with this season, with a lot of teams, you know, we played Northern Illinois, who we lost with different staff, different players. But we use that as motivation, as fuel, just for this whole season because it's a blessing to just have it in general because we almost did it. And so it, it, it's our primary goal for every single person. You can ask a freshman to a senior, what is the goal? Your personal goal, your team goal, everything's the same. It's we win a MAC championship and get there and dominate in that MAC championship game and become champions. You know, Jared, as we look, as we look towards the end of the season, you know, there's obviously a lot of awards coming your way, but none more special than I think the, the Heisman Award now on your radar, I guess a little bit, at least for us here in the, in the Mac office, it was. Um, just talk about some of, you know, the people that you've seen win that award and, and who you look up to and what it would kind of mean to ever make that trip to NYC. Uh, you know, it would mean a lot, you know, not just for me, but, you know, my teammates, you know, uh, and, and this program, you know, to even be considered, you know, even in, in the talks about a Heisman, you know, as a kid, you 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 watch you watch that 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 ceremony, and you watch guys like you know uh, Reggie Bush, you know Robert Griffin, you know Derrick Henry. The list goes on and on. So to be even considered, you know, in that talk, it's a blessing. And and you know, it. I feel like you know uh, that that would be huge. You know, not not for myself, but for this program and, and my teammates. Jerry, yeah, you ever you been to New York City before? No, I, I haven't. No. How about you, Coyote? You've been in New York City? I have. I yeah. have twice. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who, who's, uh, if you guys each had to pick, uh, you know, who, who's your favorite winner of the Heisman Trophy? Oh, Pressure's on. Um, 
their guy that stands out? Uh, I mean, I, I probably have a, a, a top two. You know, I've, I got to go We'll take with, two. Yeah, I got to go with uh, I got to go with Reggie Bush and uh, Tim Tebow. I gotta take I gotta take Reggie Bush just because I've watched the documentary. I watched how he was that season, and it, it was as an offensive lineman running running backs just amazed me in general. And so that's why I gotta go with Reggie Bush. How about you, Jeremy? Oh, I I grew up. Desmond Howard was mine. Desmond Howard is what I uh, that was like. Uh, oh man, how old would I have been? I'm dating myself, but I've been ten years old. I think he was 1991. So uh, 10 years old. And that was, that was the guy I, I always get, uh, you know, I always got crap around here because growing up in Ohio and you like the Michigan guy, but he's, he's from Cleveland. So it was like, I kind of watched him in high school and then saw what he did at college. What, what about yours? You're going to hate me for this answer, but I'm going to say uh, Johnny Manziel. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> I mean, that, that year was just amazing. I mean, obviously we can talk about all the stuff off the field, but on the field, he was unreal. He was nah, for sure. He, he was, for sure. Yeah, he was. He was. Well, well, you know, Jared, we, we have had a few Max student athletes that have been invited to New York city. Right. I mean, this is, this is something that, uh, has happened before. So, you know, we, uh, we, we, we've seen it, and I think we talk about with, with you guys about the chip on the shoulder and that uh, I, I only say that because it's like, you know, just because of the conference and the school and everything, it doesn't matter. And if you guys you got guys like this, like, uh, like this left tackle next to you uh, making these along with the rest of your offensive line, like a, a lot of this can, can happen. So, uh, you know, we, we, uh, we hope that there's the possibility for that first trip to uh, – I don't know how they would do it actually this year, I guess, but we'll, we'll talk like normal years <laughs> uh, to that first trip to New York City. I mean, you, you just never know, right? Never know. Hey, well, you guys got to make a, a trip to John's on Bleecker Street if you're going to for pizza. <laughs> John's on Bleecker Street has the best pizza in New York. We, we always bring food into the podcast yeah. <laughs> some way or another. Uh, you, John's been on – what, what's that? I said, I can respect talking about food. I, I like that. <laughs> always, always. Well, look, um, now, now that we've talked food, I'm definitely hungry once again. It's around lunchtime when we're doing this or a little past, but um, I know you guys are hungry to get back out there, uh, get more wins and, and get to Detroit. And again, uh, congrats to both of you on, on quite a weekend. And uh, we look forward to uh, possibly seeing you in, in Detroit and, and beyond. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Take care, guys. All right, everybody. We hope you uh, enjoyed both of those interviews today. I thought thought both of those went great. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great stuff from both those guys. No, no question. Uh, you know, best of luck to uh, not only the UB football team moving forward, but as well as Ohio women's basketball. Um, you know, it was, it was great spending time and hearing from all, all three of those guys today. Um, but I think that does it for today's show, right? We will be back with everyone on Friday prior to uh, this weekend's football games. And until then, get some action. Get some action. Second, turn off the map.